get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaHealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. thought about why people act the way they do? Why are some people more difficult to deal with while others are always pleasant? Let's find out together. Welcome to Human Behavior. What a trip. Your host is Dr. Jonathan Brower. Our program combines expert guests with people just like you who have questions or comments. We'll have fun exploring human behavior. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan Brower. We're going to have a wonderful trip today. My guest is Melinda Curl. She's written a book called Seizure Free, Addressing the Causes of Seizures Naturally. Welcome to the show, Melinda. Well, hello. Okay, so I'm going to be Jonathan and you'll be Melinda. Yes. Just go with first names. And, um, well, two things. One, I, I wanted to uh, read to the, I say the class, I used to be a college professor, read to the people who are listening to the show the dedication you have for your book because it's very sweet and loving. Uh, Here it goes. This book is dedicated to my parents who stood by me through thick and thin. They were very supportive when I was on medication but also supported my journey to obtain optimal health and come off of it and coming off of medications. So your book's about seizures you've had. Yes. Um, I've learned. But before you even get to that, the next thing I'd like you to do, if you would, if you could give the audience and me an overview of what your life was like as a little kid and as you grew up to be who you are today. Oh, sure. I grew up in the northern Virginia um, area, and it's a wonderful community, very um, politically based. I... <laughs> I knew lots of senators and congressmen, and I I loved swimming, and I loved playing with friends, and um, we had, you know, it was a normal childhood. We had dogs, and uh-huh. um, we liked going to the park, and the yeah. normal kind of stuff that most kids yeah. have, um, and I, I guess I didn't start experiencing health problems until I was about seven years old, and then allergies kind of hit me, and asthma, I got some of that, which wasn't such a big deal. I still swam on the swim team and played soccer, even though it was a little bit more challenging for me because I would have to catch my breath more than most kids did, Yes, but I I still enjoyed it. I was a very studious kid. I picked up on in school. Reading was really easy for me, and I, I loved going to school and being with my friends. Uh-huh. Um, but then when I turned about 13, uh-huh. 
I had my first seizure, and uh, it's it's kind of a hard experience to describe to someone because you go unconscious, so it's kind of like, let me describe this blank period in my life. Well, what not, you can do is you can explain, or you can talk about uh, what kind of sensations you had prior to the seizure, if you had any, and then, then definitely after the seizure, after a while when you came to consciousness, you can yeah, talk and. Yeah, and I'll do that. Um, okay. But I, I just wanted to point out that for me, I had the grand mal seizures, which tonic, clonic, go unconscious, do the convulsions, and then spend the rest of the day recovering because it's really hard on your body. And some people have milder seizures where they're still awake. There's lots of different kinds, yeah. but I had the major ones, the ones that everybody got worried about and you called the ambulance for. And they usually lasted one to two minutes. Uh-huh. Um, for me, my first seizure is the one that I remember probably the best because I had some of those sensations. Once they medicated me, I stopped having what's known as an aura. Uh-huh. So what happened is I, I was outside playing with my younger brother and my neighbor, Laurel Smith. She's a fun person. And I think they... Um, shot something up into the sky or I was looking at a bird because my head was cocked up um, uh-huh. glaring at the sun and suddenly I couldn't control my neck. There were these twitches and I felt lightheaded um, almost like like when you're on a roller coaster. Like it just, like you're out of, con- you don't have control. Yes. Um, so that was the brief sensation that I had and and I say brief, it probably lasted five seconds, not enough time to do anything. I was aware that something's wrong. I'm not controlling my neck, and suddenly it's starting to twitch, and then, bam, nothing. I, the next thing I know, I was waking up on my couch in my living room, and my mother was sitting next to me, and she told me, Mindy, because that's what she called me as a little kid, you had a seizure, and um, it was so scary for me be- because I'd never had one before. I didn't know anything about seizures other than I watched a lot of television as a kid, too, I, huh? and there was a show called Different Strokes, and I think it, I had I remember that show. seen an episode where one of, they'd seen somebody have a seizure, and Yes. I think they ended up befriending him in the end of the episode or something like that. So I was kind of like, oh, my goodness, that happened to me? Yes. So, so I'm curious, how long were you unconscious from the time you dropped to the ground until you woke up? That is a tricky question to answer. Your <laughs> and I will tell you... Yeah. There's about five to ten minutes where I'm doing things uh-huh. that I don't like. I may be conscious. Oh gosh, I may be slight. I may be halfway conscious for it, and I'll explain that just a little bit. Okay. So you're kind of wondering, well, how can you be halfway conscious? My my brain didn't record it in my memory. It doesn't record like just before the seizure or just after. I'm really actually kind of blessed that way because um, some people, they have memories of, you know, going through a seizure because they have partial. But 
so I actually had conversations with my mother that didn't make sense afterwards, and I was able to, like, walk from um, outside in our backyard to the inside and sitting down on the couch. So I actually, I was kind of conscious because I was able to walk, but it was more like not really conscious, maybe semi-conscious. Conscious enough to know that I uh, needed to go into safety. Yeah. But not... I'm thinking of a boxer, you know, the boxers, they get their heads hit and they're kind of woozy or their equilibrium is off. Was that like that for you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's the woozy period. Then it's just like, okay, I I can feel, usually I bite my tongue and so that's, an indication I've had one, and I have a big neck ache. And then I, if it's a long, a minute-long seizure, I sleep it off for the rest of the day. That's uh-huh. what what I used to do. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, um, it, maybe I'm going ahead of things too fast, but I'm curious about this. Um, the, the seizures you had, is that some inherited gene that you have, or how does that work? Um, nope. You know what? Anybody can have a seizure. I Anybody see. can have a seizure. It's not necessarily genetic, genetically predisposed. Mm, you might be genetically predisposed. Yeah. Um, but the factors that play into having a seizure, yeah. I don't believe they're genetic. And okay. I'm very cautious about how I'm phrasing this because um, the medical community is very cautious when they talk about seizures. They will often tell you it's idiopathic. I spent the last four years trying to figure out what my seizure triggers are, what's actually causing it, because to me, the medication wasn't working 100%. I was suffering from side effects, and I wanted to take control, and I wanted to know, what can I do to prevent this? What can I do so... I don't have to experience this anymore. Okay, so, so um, a couple of sentences yeah. ago, you used a great word, which a lot of people don't know what it means when you said idiopathic. Idiop- uh, idiopathic. <laughs> so um, idiopathic means of unknown origin. But when I went to my doctor as a 13-year-old, he put it in a very fun little way. He said it means we're idiots and we don't really know what causes the seizures. So uh-huh. That is idiopathic. Yes. Okay. So, uh, and, and when he said that to you, was that uh, something that helped you feel better about the whole You know, at, at the age of 13, it warmed me up to him. I immediately felt a bond and a friendship with my neurologist. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I, I began to trust him. Um, I also Good. kind of had a skewed perception because of medicine because I thought, you know, I'm coming into this guy, and he's just kind of guessing and checking, and he already told me he didn't know what causes it, and it seemed like every time I had a seizure, he would just raise the dose and tell me, oh, we might add another drug, and we did, but, yeah. you know, it felt like a, well, sorry that happened. Let's yeah. just up the medicine. So I yeah. thought, as a teenager, I honestly thought being a neurologist would be the easiest thing in the world because... You're yes. just guessing. But and how many years did you um, use the doctor before you decided to try Oh, it? 24 years. 24 years after you were 13? 20? Well, I, I mean, how long did I 
I've well, been through 13, a number of doctors. So a yeah, number okay, of so at age 13, you went to a neurologist, and then for how many years did you, starting at the age of 13, how many years did you try to get help from neurologists? And then at what age were you when you decided you were going to try something different? Oh, yeah. I, I decided just probably, I'd say it was 20 years. I'd say it was 20 years. Okay, so and the doctor wasn't, the doctor is not really supportive of any alternative medicine and yeah. alternative medical practitioners like chiropractors and acupuncturists, yes. they're not very confident in themselves for treating seizures. Yes. So some of the stuff I was just looking online and reading up as much as I could to find out what could calm my nervous system, what's something that that I could do that's just all natural, that doesn't cost me very much, that can help reduce these so I can eliminate it. So it's been the last four years, really, that I've kind of been hmm, searching out for myself for a cure. Okay. How old are you yeah. today? I am 37. Okay, so it's, it's just been uh, around four years. Yeah. I've been doing this. And, yeah. Uh, how did you decide how to go about weaning yourself off the uh, doctors and figuring out on your own what to do? Well, I continued. In fact, I even went to a, a neurologist this year, and he basically he basically told me if I wasn't going to take medicine, he couldn't. I couldn't be his patient. But um, he said that because he didn't want to worry about uh, liability. He, yeah, he probably didn't want to worry about liability. He, I know, I know he has seizures himself because a friend of mine told me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he trusts the medicine. And you know, if he's not experiencing some of the side effects that were altering my cognition and giving, oh, well, you know, well. then it's everybody's different. So not everybody experiences the same side effects. Yeah, so, so you, for whatever reason. Uh, your side effects may have been worse for you than your doctor's side effects for him. Right, and I think he was starting to refer me to somebody else anyway because he's like, oh, well, if this is a side effect you can't look, then I don't know where else to go for you. So yeah. he was kind of on the fence. He's like, he wanted to keep me on this medicine, but it was giving me a double vision side effect, and I was starting to experience vertigo, which is kind of like... Oh, yeah, it's terrible, yeah. It's, it's like a roller coaster. It's like you're standing still, but your body feels like it's floating. It's, when, you, when you had the vertigo, did you ever fall? Did you I balance? sat down, and I felt like... I, I, I don't mean during fun. a seizure, but other, other times when you... Um, are you there? Yeah. So at times... When you've had vertigo, did you ever lose your balance? This is, um, this is without a seizure, I'm asking you. I, you know, it happened, and when it happened, I quickly found an armchair to sit in or a bed to lie down in because it just oh, was like, I don't know what's going on. And that, honestly, was worse than the seizure because I had to live through it. My mind recorded it, and I remember feeling... I remember the feelings, I remember the sensations, which I don't, I mean, for me, that was worse than the seizures. Yeah. And I couldn't justify in my mind, 
continuing to take medication, knowing it's building up in my liver and and That's a good putting point. myself at risk of this Yeah, so, so when people are taking seizure medication, their liver is getting compromised. Oh, yeah. And they tell you that, but it almost seems like they're not so worried about it. I had a, a yearly liver function test, but... Yeah, but our liver is a pretty important organ, I mean... Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I, there, but if you see a specialist, their focus is the specialty. It's not, oh, yeah. well, let's make sure your liver is healthy, too. Yeah. Let's make sure, you know, your brain is not seizing. So it's yeah. very focused on one thing and not the whole body. And I really, deep down inside for many years, I... I really wanted to get as healthy as I could. Uh-huh. And yeah. as long as you're taking medicine, it's something you're doing every day and that's taking you a step away from that. Yes. It's taking you away from the edge. It's pulling you in the opposite direction of where you actually want to be. Yeah. So in the last four years, have you had a seizure? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you still have them, but somehow you're able to withstand the experience and uh, basically save your organs better. <laughs> Let me explain. Um, so my book is entitled Seizure Free. And Seizure Free, the time period is, is flexible. Um, <laughs> so I've been seizure free since February. Okay. I think we're coming up for a um, commercial break, okay? Uh oh, okay. So we're going to um, take a break and then we'll be back in about two minutes. Oh, okay. Okay. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. I'm back with my guest. Melinda Curl and Melinda, 
uh, it occurred to me, would you like people to um, try to contact you, either regarding the book or whatever? Oh, sh- oh sure. They can find me on Facebook. Um, I also have a blog, melindacurl.com, and my last name is spelled with a silent E at the end, so it's Wait, M- to, So, you're, so uh, your Facebook, is uh, you have a blog on Facebook? Uh, I have a blog and I have a Facebook page. Okay, yeah, the Facebook and the blog. And the name of the blog is what? It's um, melindacurl.com. melindacurl.com. That's easy and, enough. Yes, let me spell that for you. It's M-E-L-I-N-D-A-C-U-R-L-E dot com. Okay, so it's curl with an E at the end. It is curl with an E at the end. And today on my blog, we have, I have a fun little um, giveaway contest to uh, help promote epilepsy and get awareness out for my book that's coming out tomorrow. Okay, and again, everybody, the name of her book is Seizure Free... Addressing the Causes of Seizures Naturally. And then, um, if people want to phone you, do you want to give them a phone number or not? Um, Up to you. Whichever you prefer. Sure. If you want to give me a call, my phone number is 703-973-975-8753. And that's uh, Eastern Time. That is Eastern time, so please don't call me in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, Very good. All right. So back to what we were talking about. Um, we were talking about... You asked you me if I had had seizures recently, and I want to explain that, yes, I have. And I, had, I, had, I was testing out a whole bunch of different stuff, and I had slowly started lowering my medication. Uh-huh. And I was honestly... If if I missed a dose of medication when I was taking my full dosage, I would have a seizure right away. And this has actually been a way for me to measure my progress in terms of is what I'm doing working. Um, and some of the stuff that I tried didn't work. So ketogenic diet, it wasn't... Oh, what kind of diet? <laughs> oh, the, the ketogenic diet is the diet um, that's commonly prescribed for children with seizures. I see. Uh, and what does ketogenic mean? Um, it puts the body into ketosis, by which means the body makes more ketones, which are something that I don't really understand so much other than your brain is, has the feeling that it's starved. It doesn't have as much gluco- enough glucose to have a seizure. Oh, so when people have a seizure, their blood sugar and their brain goes down? Um... No, that's 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 more chemistry than I really understand. I think that that you're you have to not have enough energy. You have to have enough sh- glucose in your brain to have a seizure. Oh, and I'm actually think, asking you, when you have a ketosis, is that good or bad for you? <laughs> ketosis is, is something I really don't understand that well, and it's not something that I'm I'm implementing okay. now. All right. So anyway, you. So, uh, so I it's something that with... I tried, and I still had a seizure on uh, on a ketogenic. I was actually doing modified Atkins diet, um, and it's it's something that I don't understand very well. Other than you really restrict your carbohydrates, and you trick your brain into thinking it's starving and it doesn't have enough energy for seizures, and that's the best way I can explain it. Because otherwise, we get into chemistry that I don't understand. Hearing you correctly. 
Um, you try to eat very low carbohydrates? You try That's, to it's something I tried. It's not yeah. something I'm following anymore because I, I had a seizure on it. I when I started trying what's working for me now, yes. which is um, this, a slower breathing, um, that's when I found that my seizures were reduced. I started having fewer and less seizures, and now I'm seizure-free and medication-free. And that's largely because you're just breathing in a slower way? Yes. Now, here's what happens with the breathing. So I'm curious if you're, people with epilepsy tend to be chest breathers, which means they're not breathing using their diaphragm. Yes. And if you get the oxygen to your diaphragm, then it actually goes in your system. And getting more oxygen flowing through your body, to getting to your brain, it supports your brain more. And um, so for me, I had a tendency to slouch, which compressed yeah, yeah, that's good. my diaphragm, so I was chest breathing all the time. And um, once I corrected that, once I learned how to slow my breathing down, Using, I use the Butenko breathing exercises. It's called what? It's called the Butenko breathing exercises, and I use a Breathe Slim device. Um, uh, and I can spell that for you. I think it's B U T E Y T E. Wait, T E Y K O. Yeah, I, I almost spell it the same way, but a little bit different. So Butenko. Mhm. So. They're breathing exercises to slow the breathing down because there's studies that prove that if you hyperventilate, it increases the seizure activity. And the first thing they have you do when they watch your brain waves on an EEG, which is the big test for people who have epilepsy, um, it's an electroencephalogram. Uh-huh. They hook you up, they wire your brain up, um, and they watch your brain waves. The first thing they do to trigger that seizure activity is have you hyperventilate. So they do know there's a correlation between the two. So I'm curious, when you were a kid and you were on the swim team, were you using your diaphragm when you were breathing or were you using your upper chest? Uh, when no. you're swimming, you're just hoping you get across the pool as quickly as possible. Yeah. And, um, well, and the same, you also were in the soccer, right? And I, you know, yes. <laughs> and when you were in soccer, were you breathing? My breathing was definitely, it was up. compromised because I had asthma. So it, it, and that's something that, uh, something else that is cleared up with these exercises. Um, so your asthma has gone, become less of a problem also? I, I don't have an inhaler. I no. haven't had an asthma attack in years. Yeah, yes. so my asthma is not, not a problem at all anymore. Um but it was compromised, and um, there are lots of factors that can play into it. Yes. Um, from how we eat the, to watching television to our posture and um, overheating. Sometimes we have too many blankets on our bed at night, and you get overheated, and you start to breathe yeah. out of your mouth. You know, some people snore. Yes. That actually lowers the oxygen content in your body. And yeah, once well, you start doing that, problem, that's a very dangerous problem. Yeah, and once you start, you know, there's just little things here and there that once you, when you tweak them, you start noticing, oh my gosh, I have so much more energy and I'm feeling better. Yeah. Um, and I go into more detail about these in my book, but um, 
Yeah, I, I did have those problems as a kid, and um, swimming on the swim team, I, I didn't know about diaphragmatic breathing. I had no idea if I was doing it or not. Yeah, okay, so um, even though you're on, on this last four years, you know, you're doing everything possible on your own without using medication, but you still at times have the seizures, um, since you've been off the medication, have you had the same amount of seizures as before? Or more or less, or how does that work? Okay, so let, I haven't been off of medication for the last four years. Um, I've been slowly lowering it, slowly lowering it, until I've only been completely off medication since February. Um, I see. When, when did you start writing, writing your book? Uh, last month. Oh, Wow. Oh, wait, wait, you started you started writing the book last month, and you finished it now. You know, I worked really hard. I took a course called Bestseller in a Weekend, and oh. that's that's a great community of people where they push you and they teach you how to market it and how to get it wait, out it? there. Because otherwise, like, it's not my book's not perfect. I know. Wait, wait, so this company is called what? Best what? Well. Alicia Dunham's is, is, she has a course online called Best Seller in a Weekend. That's good. And there's a link to it in my book if you get the e, the Kindle version. Yeah. Um, I think it's bestsellerinaweekend.com. But okay. um, she's great. Uh, she, she really helps you with the forward momentum. Huh? And, um, she and, has and my the, guess is when you started writing this um, book... You were really into it, right? It's something I wanted to write for years. I really wanted to come off medication. I really wanted to find something holistic that would help that I could share with other people who were suffering from the same condition yeah. that I was. And I, I wish that there was a book out there that I... I mean, it's a book I wish I could have read and looked up to somebody who was able to come off anticonvulsants. Yeah. Well, hopefully... Um a lot of people who might read your book and, and, and have uh, seizures themselves and know people who do, it could be very useful for a lot of people. Even if they just, you know, even if they don't want to come off medication, it's something that they can do to feel proactive. Yeah, and that's, that's it's something point. that's natural that can help them reduce the intensity of the seizure. Yeah. And um, uh, either worldwide or just the United States-wide, what percentage of the, of the population has seizures? I know? believe it's 2% of the population. Of the United States or of the world or both? Um, I want to say the United States. I know there's 65 million people worldwide who have seizures or have experienced a seizure during their lifetime. You said 60 million? 65 million. Wow. And uh, do most people, if they have one seizure, have many seizures or? Um, that's, that's a variable. I don't, I don't know what the percentage is of that. I know my sister is a diabetic and she had a diabetic seizure. Like she had like low blood sugar or high blood sugar and she had one once and then hasn't had one since. I see. So it's kind of, that's, that's a question. I don't know the answer. I'm not a statistician and I, okay. Because of HIPAA rules, you know, yeah. privacy, it's not something that I'm yeah. certain about. I'm wondering if uh, siblings 
if one sibling has seizures, the other siblings are more likely to have them? I have three siblings who don't have seizures. Okay. So. All right, that answers that pretty carefully, yeah. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like a thunderstorm. It's like all the elements have to be in place, yeah. um, and then it's just a storm in your brain. And then you actually kind of I don't know. You feel better after yeah. you recover from it. <laughs> you do feel better, but um, it's it's your body's way of getting rid of the excess electrons in your brain and the excess electrical activity. But I see. Yeah. So. Um... One of the questions I have from you that I want to ask you about, um, uh, why did you decide to eliminate seizure medication? And then uh, the answer you gave, I believe, was that you lost your hair. I'm, just, oh, I'm reading it from, like, from you. Lost my hair, side effects were annoying, and it was really expensive. Oh, yes. Vanity is quite the thing. I um. My hair fell out, and this doesn't happen to everybody with seizures. Yeah. Um, it's a side effect that's listed on the medication, yeah. and um, all my hair fell out. So that picture on the cover is a nice, pretty little wig. Um, What's a wig, really? It is. Um, <laughs> hey, it's and a great I tell wig. People, yes, it's, a, it's, it's fun. Um, but I, I, the doctors were like, oh, well, this is just an autoimmune response. And I yeah. just felt like there is no way while I'm taking this medication for my seizures that my hair is going to grow back. Yeah. And so that, that happened, that fell out about two and a half years ago. Uh-huh. Um, well, well, might have been closer to, to three. Why did it fall out two and a half years ago instead of five, four, ten years ago? You know, that's a question I don't have an answer to. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's called alopecia universalis, which... Just means hair loss all over. Yeah. And I just felt like if I can get to optimal health, all my hair will start growing back. But I, the one thing that I couldn't get rid of, yeah. or I needed, I felt strongly that I needed to get rid of was this drug that I took I was, yeah. every day. I was like, I can't really achieve, eat all natural foods and then. Yeah. Take this medication and expect, you know, to get in the tip-top shape, the best health possible. Eliminate my autoimmune disease. I just, I needed to, because I was vain, I, want, I wanted to be pretty. <laughs> um, so vanity was part of it. But yeah. part of it was the medication was just expensive. And also the, the vertigo was awful. And occasionally I'd, I'd be seeing double. And yeah. So another question uh, appears, what was the biggest challenge living with epilepsy? And you said oh. there were two, driving and keeping employment. Yes, yes. My question is, and I've wondered about this before, um, so I assume in most states in the United States, uh, people who have seizures, some of them are allowed to still have a driver's license and some aren't. How does that work? Absolutely. So I've had my driver's license off and on through the years. Uh-huh. What happens is you have your doctor sign off on whether he feels you're safe to drive or not. Yeah. And if you've been seizure-free for a period of time. Each state is going to be different. Some states it's three months. Some states it's one year. Um, Virginia, it's six months. But my doctor told me he wouldn't sign off unless I was taking the drugs. And that's one reason I continued the medication for as long as I did was 
I wanted to drive. So it was kind of like, hmm, if I come off of it, then I'm not going to be able to drive. I'm going to have to get around with public transit. Currently, do you have a driver's license that allows you to drive? Nope, I do not. He told me he would not sign off even if I was seizure-free for six months because he, he didn't want to be liable, and I totally understand that. And I may try to find another neurologist who will sign off, but I'm pretty comfortable taking buses and walking places, and it keeps me in pretty good shape. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's something you have to adjust to, and it's, it's yeah. unfortunate. It's, but, you know, people are willing to give you rides if you're yeah. <laughs> humble enough to ask. And honestly, I've walked two miles to work before, and it's fine. I get, I get good yeah, exercise. Good. I have time to think. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, it is a challenge. I, I do wish I could drive right now, but you know what? I, I'm so ecstatic that I'm not taking medicine and I'm not having seizures. That well, it's just a nice, it's a fine trade-off. What's what's really what's really sweet about you and nice about you is you're um, you're accommodating to some of the limitations you have, like you can't have a driver's license, but uh, it doesn't seem to be a big downer for you at all, and you still have a nice life, and that's a wonderful attitude you have. Oh well, <laughs> I try to look at the positive as much as I can. There are times when I, of course, I'm kind of like. Oh, Goodness, I have to get a ride with somebody. But you know what? Think you got to stay positive. If <laughs> you, yes. your life is just so much better. People respond to you much better if you're positive. You have more success, and people want to be around you more when you're positive. That's yes. something through my lifetime I've learned, and um, it's something I try to continually incorporate. Yes, well, that's very good. So we're going to take a second um, commercial break. Okay. We'll be back in about two minutes. So everybody hang in there and hear the last 20 minutes of this interesting show. Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. 
If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower, Human Behavior, What a Trip is the show. My guest is Melinda Curl, and Melinda Curl has a blog. If you want to check it out, it's Melinda Curl. Her last name is C-U-R-L-E, and the blog is melindacurl.com. And if you want to reach her by phone, you can do that. Her number is area code 703-975-8753. She's on the East Coast, so um, don't call past, let's say, whatever her bedtime is. I don't know what that is. Let's say... No, yeah, call. so don't have to call past 10 p.m. Okay. on the East Coast time. So okay, fine. Whatever that is, West Coast time. Yeah, well, you're three hours ahead of us. So in, that would be... In California. Yeah, good. Okay, so um, getting back to how you deal with all this regarding your seizures, your life in general, and then the, you have some interesting chapter in the book, well, actually, they're all, they're all, they're all interesting. Um, uh, you have to some degree, and maybe there's more to do if you want. In Chapter 4, you have a chapter that says, Benefits of Addressing Caesars Naturally. Oh, my gosh. I've experienced so many benefits of stopping my medication yeah. and um, just address, addressing the seizures naturally, not just in terms of, okay, it doesn't cost me as much money, that's that's pretty huge. I mean, that means you can start spending your money on things that you actually want to do instead of, oh, this pill that I have to take that I don't see any benefit from. Isn't and that um, so that that's one of the main things is I don't have to spend my money on pills anymore. I I swear I, it was so expensive. I when I in my twenties, almost all of my money I didn't make a whole lot because. Um, I couldn't, I I struggled with employment. My cognition from the medication actually made me less competitive in the the, um, work environment. It slowed my cognition down. And so my mom said, well, you would talk slower, you would walk slower. It took you longer to process the information, and sometimes you were missing pieces of information. So I lost a lot of jobs. (laughs) And... um, I was spending a lot of money on this drug, and that's one of the, that was causing me to lose jobs. So that was getting rid of that has been the biggest blessing in my life. I mean, I started my own business last year. I um, started um, doing some network marketing, you know, to to help other people with epilepsy, um, just empower themselves and have a job where if they had a seizure. The the people around them weren't going to freak out, or they wouldn't have to worry about hours, because that's that's kind of so. It, I started I started doing some network marketing because I wanted to learn the skill and teach it to other people. But um, I would say the benefit, biggest benefit, is I feel empowered now that I can take control of my health and I can do something proactive 
to just have overall well-being to prevent the seizures. Yes. So um, that's the, way, the You mentioned thing you have a business. What is your business? Um, I have two businesses. I'm, um, I have a medical billing business called Precision Revenue Services where um, I do medical billing. But um, I wanted to, when I, as I was writing the book, I realized there are other people with epilepsy that don't have as much startup as I did. And I knew some people who got into network marketing who had major success. Yeah. And so I do send out cards, which is um, an online gifting business. It's a network marketing company. And um, it's kind of nice because it's making a living out of giving. It's a service that... I sell to my doctors because it automates their um, their cards. They send birthday cards to their patients to retain them as patients. Um, but you can, I mean, I send the send cards and gifts to my nephews, and it makes that really efficient and really quick. And so there are a lot of businesses that use it. But it's it's network marketing, so you learn how to sell and train people to be leaders and, um, you know, start their own businesses. Just so like, is, this a, is this a business you, you started up or is this a business you got into? It's a business that I got into, but I wanted to learn the skill so I could teach it and share it with other people. That's great. And inspire other people too. I mean, people with epilepsy, they, they often have employment issues. And I, yeah. I wanted something that, what's something, you know, I wanted to find something that they could do from home because driving can be an issue and they can have flexible hours. So I just kind of wanted to give people with epilepsy more options in their life. Does that make sense? Very well, yeah, it makes great sense. So I just thought of something as you were speaking. Um, um, How many hours a day would you say you're on the computer? Oh, more more than I I want to be. Okay. Um, so roughly, what would you guess guesstimate per day on the average? Let's say Monday through Friday. Monday oh Monday through Friday oh. Oh, well, however many days you're on the computer, what would you figure your number of hours? I probably spend about two hours on my network marketing, and then I spend another two hours on. Um, my medical billing business. That's per day? That's per day. I see. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked the question is, um, is there any correlation between um, having your eyeballs on a computer many hours a day and having um, seizures, or are the, are the two totally different, or can they intertwine sometimes? You know, they're complete. They might intertwine for other people, but for me, uh-huh. it's not a factor. For me, the biggest factor was my brain wasn't getting enough oxygen, and I needed to learn how to diaphragmatically breathe. And the posture you have at a computer, for me, often you start, I start to slouch, and I, I do have something called the ergo sit that helps me sit up straight. Um, but for me, it's 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 almost entirely connected to my breathing. I see. Um, so I'm curious. Um, for you in particular or for other people who have seizures, would something like yoga be a good, good thing to do? Yoga is fantastic. I would say the downside of yoga is not all yoga practitioners know how to train people to breathe with their diaphragm. And sometimes 
Yeah. They have them um, inhale, exhale at the wrong time. Right. And so um, getting a, a, an instructor that does uh, breathing from the diaphragm, then everything's fine, right? Um, you want to breathe from the diaphragm, but you also want to make sure it's slow. You don't want to hyperventilate. And I'm sure, I don't know if you have done it before, but I know a lot of people know, okay, when I hyperventilate, I start to feel lightheaded. That's kind of like the beginning of a seizure. I so, see. Um, yeah. And if you're chronically breathing too much, then and you go in and the instructor in, instructs you to breathe at certain times and it's just too fast for you, Yeah. then it might, I mean, there is a chance that it could um, trigger a seizure. Overall, I would say yoga is probably a fantastic exercise. Yeah. I've, I've, Become, I, last year, I became a Pilates instructor. Oh, you and, do that, um, too. I, I do that. You, you, I love it. you do a Pilates mat, or do you do Pilates with the machines? I do mat Pilates. Yeah, me, too. I, I love it. It's easy. It's, it makes me feel good. I, yeah. I do a lot of other diff- kinds of exercise, too, just to mix it up, because I like variety, but that's one thing that I just I, I like. What are the other kinds of uh, physical exercises you like to do? Um, so I like walking my dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, and okay. I do rebounding, um, which is bouncing up and down on a trampoline. Uh-huh. And the reason I, I read about that online, I guess NASA uses it to rehabilitate um, their astronauts when they come back. But yeah. you're using gravity to your advantage. Um, you have an increased gravitational load. Yeah. So when you bump, jump up, you know, you've got that pull of gravity, so it makes your workout a little bit more efficient. And what I won't you, lie, I do it while I watch television. <laughs> at home or what? The rebounding what? thing. Do you do that at home? Oh, yeah, I do it at home. I see. And what else, any other kinds of exercises you like to do? Um, sometimes I like to um, pop in a Jillian Michaels video. Um and get sweaty and work out, but um, I really feel like there's a lot, almost every exercise is, is going to be beneficial for you, um, and I like to mix it up. I mean, after about a month or two of Jillian Michaels, and I'll get sick of her, and I'll yeah. do my Pilates, and then, or I see. I'll, um, it's summertime here, so yeah. there's a lot of walking clubs in the area, and swimming, I love swimming. So I like to mix it up, but I try to get in a lot of exercise a day. Most people will be like, what, two hours? Um, I break it up throughout the day because I think some people, they think, oh, I've exercised in the morning, and then the next 24 hours they're sedentary, and then you have to, like, re-motivate yourself. How tall are you? Huh? How tall are you? Oh, I'm 5'11". Oh, you are? Yeah. How much do you weigh? Um, probably 145, 150. Yeah, so you're in really good shape. Yes, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. Well, probably, well, compared to the average American, you're way above that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, I do it throughout the day. I break it up. You know, yeah, lunchtime is just I yeah. take 10 minutes and I walk around at my that's, desk. That's how we're, you know, us human beings, we're... We're designed to be uh, walking around looking for food. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you just have to, I mean, if you, you plan on one hour a day and then you, you're sedentary the rest of the time, you're just kind of, 
I don't know, yeah. have to start all over the next day instead of, oh, yeah. I'm still going. So. so it's nice the way you've uh, been able to craft your day, so to speak, where you do your work, but you also get plenty of time to be using your body and your muscles and your lungs and heart and all that. That's great. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do an online webinar next month. I'm posting this on my blog, but it'll be called Fitting Fitness In. So I can teach you guys like, okay, well, you think your day's really busy, but I can tell you how I squeeze fitness in throughout my day so that I always have energy. Um, I'm getting very excited about this as you say it because there's a lot there's a lot of people who could do ten minutes here and then a few hours later ten minutes there. Well, and there's some, there's even some little things that you can just do. Okay, well, your toast is in the, you know, microwave or the toaster. You can just jog in place, you know, for two minutes. And people don't, you know, they don't take advantage of that. They don't think about, oh, yeah, I'm waiting at the copier. I can do some squats and get my, you know, legs in shape. So there's, there's some things, you know, where you have time. That you're just that's just dead time that you could be incorporating some activity and um yeah, you'll get in the shape much faster. Yes. So a little while ago when you mentioned hyperventilating, um that for some people it doesn't have to be all the time, but for some people who have anxiety issues, uh hyperventilating is a, a problem. Oh, absolutely. Actually, it's it's a common problem with most Americans. Any American who's suffering from a disease, um, most likely whatever organ it's impacting is is um is not getting enough oxygen. Yeah. And I found this out through a website called normalbreathing.com. Well, that's good to know. Um yeah, but just just changing, you know, your breathing. And if you look at a lot of Americans, they don't have really good posture. So that's kind of another indication. Well, maybe they're not breathing. You know, they're not maximizing, you know, the oxygen in their body. And so it's something that everybody can benefit from. And, um, yeah, something that I've found to be just a positive factor in my life. Once I, I, I don't know, I just feel a lot happier now <laughs> that I'm getting enough oxygen. Yeah, and um, I don't know how much time we have left, but you, on, you have another chapter on the electrocephalogram test. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. I just talk about that test and what it's like. It's kind of a, my friends don't know about it, and I, in the book I kind of explain what it's like to go through it. They put a lot of glue on your head, and that's really weird. And um, it's a different test. Uh yeah. But Pardon me? I think we're almost out of time. Yeah. All right. So we have uh, a little less than a minute. How would you like to close out the show? What would you like to end with? Well, I've had a lot of fun today, and I hope everyone who's listening has been inspired to take control of their house. And um, check out my blog. My book is coming out on Amazon tomorrow, and it is seizure-free, addressing the causes of seizures naturally. Excellent. So uh, we have about 30 seconds left. Anything else you want to say? Um, yeah, check out my blog, melindacurl.com. Um, that's, that's all. I hope everybody has found some value in what I've had to say, and I'm so happy to have been able to chat with you today. Yes, and I'd just like to end by saying um, 
the way you present yourself, you're very uh, up-key and very um, full of energy, and you seem like a really nice human being, and oh, uh, that you. counts for something. So I'm so glad to have had you on my show. Oh, thank you so much. And I will... Sh- uh, this is recorded, right? So I can share it with my friends. Yes, it'll, I think it takes about two or three hours, and then it gets... Uh, put in the archives, and people can listen to it whenever they want. Oh, fantastic. Okay, well, thank you so much, and I'll be talking to you soon. Thank you again for listening today. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Human Behavior, What a Trip! with Dr. Jonathan Brower on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have fun experiencing your human behavior. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.